What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track, formerly known as Pave the Way Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Helbeck, and on this show, you are gonna learn exactly how to be successful as a real estate investor. It doesn't matter if you're brand new or if you've done dozens and dozens of deals. This is a podcast you're gonna be able to listen to that's gonna give you actionable, specific advice on how to be successful within real estate investing. I'm gonna interview top-notch real estate investors each and every week, and there's also gonna be some content that is just gonna be me telling you exactly about my journey and how I've went from a broke kid starting out to a million dollar real estate investor. So if you wanna learn how to be successful investing in real estate, this is the show to listen to, and I'm looking forward to being able to serve you at a high level. everybody this is greg helbeck and welcome to this week's rei deal breakdown and today i'm going to talk about a property that i ended up losing money on in salisbury mills new york so if you are interested in learning what not to do when it comes to real estate investing this is going to be the podcast slash youtube video to listen to so i'm going to talk about a property i lost money on and i'm going to give you the whole you know, the whole entire enchilada, as they say. So you can take lessons from this and hopefully not do it in your business. So the address is 58 Oars Mills Road in Salisbury Mills, New York. I forget the zip code. And by the way, before I get into that, if you're not familiar with me, I've been a full-time real estate investor for eight years now. I've done well over 150 properties. I've made billions of dollars. And the goal of this channel and podcast is to just share the lessons that I've learned with you so whether you're new or whether you are established, you can take these lessons and grow. So 58 Oars Mills Road. So this was actually not a single family house. This was a mixed use commercial building. So this was four units, one storefront, three apartments, and it was a very old building in a pretty bad location, not from a crime standpoint, but from like an actual like where the building was. It was in no man's land. If you're familiar with the Hudson Valley, Salisbury Mills is kind of like in between New Windsor and Washingtonville uh, and Blooming Grove. And this building is like right at an intersection where like you could go to New Windsor one way, you can go to Washingtonville the other way. And if you go down the road, you're in Blooming Grove. So kind of in purgatory and it's on a busy road too. It was actually on two, it was an intersection of two busy roads, right? So it's like super freaking busy there. So I got this lead from cold calling. So I, I literally went on PropStream and I pulled a list of commercial building owners who've owned their property for a while. And I personally cold called them and I ran into a seller. His name was Bill and he wanted to sell this building he owned and it was completely vacant. And that was the first red flag I, I should have paid more attention to. It was vacant and he had this property and it was you know pretty old and he wanted to sell it and he was an older guy. And I was like, all right, well, come out and look at it. So I remember I went out there and looked at the property and I was going to offer him like 300 or something like that. And I, I remember he gave me a price of 265. So he like wanted to sell the property for less than what I was originally going to pay because I knew it was worth like four, 450. I was like, all right, I'll do 265. And I ended up getting into contract just like a regular deal. And I needed to find a way to get the money for that deal. So, cause I've never done a deal like that at that point, up until that point, I've done like duplexes, houses and condos and townhouses. That's it. This was my first commercial deal. And my plan on this property was to get short-term financing, like through hard money, and then refinance the property with a regular bank after I had everything rented out and then keep it as a rental. That was the plan. And I went out and I took me a couple hard money lenders to get the deal because a lot of them didn't want to do the mixed use thing. What I found company I did it with was called Lending One out of Florida. I think they're in Boca Raton, Florida. And they gave me, I think 90%. Uh, if I my memory serves me right. I got to go look at the closing statement, but they gave me 90%. They gave me a 12 month loan. So I borrowed the money for up to 12 months. I paid it back sooner, 
But I remember I had the hard money and I was ready to go and I closed on the property and there's no tenants in there. There's no income. It's a complete vacant building. Needed some work. So I needed to do work on the apartments first to get them leased up. And then after that, I, I was actually planning to just lease out the storefront as is, which was a foolish plan. And then I was going to renovate the apartments and then I was going to just rent them out and be, have it be easy, as they say. So started rehabbing the apartments, the studio, we really didn't need to do much. And then the two, two bedroom units, I had to do it. Like one of them I had to not gut, but almost gut. Then the other property, the other unit I had to do updates on, but they were big apartments. Like they were pretty cool. Both apartments had two floors on each in each apartment. So they were pretty spacious and the studio was tiny and the storefront was like a decent sized storefront. So the plan was as we were renovating the apartments to get leased up, I wanted to get a tenant for this commercial space because I knew in my head, if I couldn't get a renter or a tenant, same thing in this case, for that commercial storefront, this place would have been a glorified triplex and it would have been a bad deal at that point, right? So I remember I hired a broker, commercial leasing broker, and I said, hey, can you get me a tenant for this unit? And he was like, okay, I can certainly do that. So I remember we put it up for rent for I think 1100 bucks a month and absolutely nothing. And then we dropped the price down to a thousand bucks a month. And there was like basically no interest in this thing. It was pretty dated inside. The kitchen was dated, like in the back of the store, you know, the carpets were dated. It just, it was a dated storefront, but like, you know, was, a tenant can kind of make it whatever they want. So I thought, so after like a month and a half of no tenants wanting this store, I realized that it was going to be challenging to get this thing rented out. And if I couldn't get a commercial tenant, this building would have really not made any sense to do. So after a month and a half, I decided to get rid of the leasing broker. He understood. And I said, I got to go in a different direction with this property. And then I hired a residential broker to then try to sell the building vacant without any tenants for a really high price because I was greedy. And we put it on the market. Nobody wanted it. I don't even think we we had any offers on it. And I was kind of like, Ooh, this is not good. I tried to lease the storefront out, no demand. I tried to sell the building at that point, no offers. So my broker, Edwin was like, why don't we do this? Let's take this off the market. Let's fill it up with tenants. Once we have some income coming in from the property, we'll put it back on the market and try to sell it as an, as a cash flowing asset. So I said, that sounds like a good plan. So I moved a tenant into the studio apartment. I moved a tenant into the first two bedroom unit. And then I moved a tenant into the second bedroom unit. So now at this point, I had a three unit property with a fourth unit vacant and we put it back on the market to sell. And we actually had an offer right away. I think we had an offer all cash. I think it might've been either at our asking price or 50 grand above our asking price, all cash. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I'm gonna definitely take that offer. And even with that offer, I was not gonna make money on the property. I knew that going in. The rehab was more than I thought and the numbers didn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, so we go into contract with this buyer and all of a sudden I'm thinking we're selling this property and it's gonna be smooth sailing the finish line. And I got a call from a tenant and they said they were sick. And I was like, hey, sorry to hear you're sick. Like, that sucks. She moved from Colorado to New York and she probably wasn't used to the wet weather. And I said, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a landlord and I hope you get better soon. So she called me again a couple of days later and said, I think I'm sick because of the building. And then the first thing I'm thinking of in my head is like, oh shit, like if she's sick because of the building and she sues me and I get in a lawsuit, I can't sell this property. And then that that's a problem. So I had her get a mold test kit. There was no mold. And then she still wasn't sold on that. And then while that's happening, the other tenant got sick too in the studio apartment. And I was like, oh shit, now two tenants are sick. There might be a problem with this property. And meanwhile, I'm in contract to sell it. So I want to get this thing off my hands because it was a bad deal. So I end up getting a professional mold testing company to like test the air and there was no mold in the property. So she was all pissed off. And I said, listen, like, I'll just give you your security deposit and your rent back and you can just move out. She's like, cool, I'll do that. So she moved out. The other tenant ended up getting better and then she stayed. And then I had another tenant move in 
upstairs into the other unit at this time. And they seemed like they were pretty cool. And now I'm in contract to sell this thing and we're just waiting to close. And now we're like getting into like December, I think it was December, 2021. And that tenant got sick. And I'm like, wow, why do all these tenants keep getting sick in this property? There's gotta be something wrong here. Like there's, there's no way, like it's not a coincidence they're all getting sick. Like there's something wrong with the building. It's not mold. Turns out, uh, long story short, the tenant who I moved in last ended up looking around the attic and they found a bag of cat feces in the attic, I swear. It was filled with cat feces. I thought that was what was getting them sick. They were pissed off. I, I discounted half their rent the following month, which is totally understandable. They decided to stay, which was good and thought we were good to go. So now I got two tenants, two empty units, in contract to sell it. So I'm thinking we're good. And then all of a sudden, like a week and a half later, and I remember the tenant was sick again. They were like, why do we keep getting sick? And I'm like, I have no idea. So what I ended up doing was I hired someone who comes there in a hazmat suit to like pump out the air in this building. Long story short, what ended up happening was the septic system had like something wrong with the pipe and it was causing the septic to basically leak up into the vent and contaminate the property with a terrible odor, which then got the tenant sick. It was nothing harmful, but it just didn't smell good. And then they didn't, they got sick from that. So that was like a $300 fix or something like that. And then the building was good to go at that point. And then I sold it and lost money. I think I lost about 10 grand. It was all said and done. So what are some lessons you can learn on this deal? You got to play in your sandbox, right? I'm a single family condo duplex kind of guy, right? At this point. I thought I was smart and I was going to be a commercial investor. And what I should have done is I should have partnered with someone who knew what they were doing to do this deal. Lesson number two, don't buy vacant buildings if you're just getting into commercial real estate, right? Like if you buy a building that's already making money, if the property goes wrong, at least you're making some money. Like I bought a property that was producing zero income. And even when it had renters in it, like it wasn't really cash flowing because by the time I paid the taxes and the hard money loan, like it didn't make anything. So don't buy vacant buildings if you're brand new. If you have experience and you know what you're doing and you're really good at value add, 100%. Yeah, you could do that if you know what you're doing. Doing. But if you're brand new, don't do that, right? That's a stupid idea. And I paid the price to, to learn that lesson. So hopefully you learn this lesson for free. And I had a criteria I set when I first wanted to do this. And it was like, don't buy vacant buildings. And I broke my rule because of this price. And then lesson number three, if you're buying commercial real estate, when I say commercial, I'm talking like a store, an office, an industrial building, etc. You got to know the local market for that certain niche, right? Like I didn't really do any research on the residential. I maybe did like 10 minutes worth of research. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a couple of places for rent around here. But I didn't do any homework. Like the demand for retail in that area was basically zero. And there's a reason it was sitting vacant. I think the last tenant that was in there was like three years ago and it's been vacant ever since. So like you got to buy commercial in an area, like a downtown area or an area where there's foot traffic. There was no foot traffic around here. Like it was all cars on a busy road. So you got to know the demand of, of commercial real estate. Hopefully you got some value from this. If you're interested in partnering with me and you don't have a mixed use building and you have a single family house or a condo or a duplex, whether you want to partner with me, AKA wholesale me a house, or if you're a wholesaler and you want to wholesale a house together and you're in Reno, San Diego, the Hudson Valley or Delaware, send me an email, greg at velocityhousebuyers.com or Instagram direct message me at grego underscore 37. I'd love to do a deal with you. And I will catch you on our next REI deal breakdown. Take care. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I hope you got a lot of value from this specific episode. And there are a few takeaways that you're able to gather from this to implement in your business so you can be a more successful real estate investor. So if you did get value from the show, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes, it would really mean a lot to me. That's how we keep growing the show and getting great guests is because people see the reviews. They see that we have a high quality show and they want to contribute as a guest. So that would be great. 
Also, if you got value, if you could share the show on social media, that would be great because that is how people see this besides the reviews. So once again, if you did get value, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes and share the show on social media, it would really mean a lot to me and I'll see you on the next episode.